0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans.
1: Hey NASCAR fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and on the other side is Tam.
2: What it do, Renee!
1: How are you doing, Tam?
2: I'm doing great, and we also have Kenny, a.k.a. Front Row Kenny. What it do, Kenny?
0: Yo, what's going on? Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yes, Yes. happy Mother's Day.
2: Happy Mother's Day. Although you guys will be listening to this podcast after Mother's Day, just know we were thinking about you.
1: Yes, all indeed.
2: Well, should we just jump into some NASCAR talk and talk about Kansas Anybody yes, want to can. share about their weekend? I know Renee was raving, as always.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm always doing something. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I could just be in my own bedroom just
2: dancing, and I, I got to do something. Kenny, what did you do?
0: I had my parents come in town this weekend, so that was pretty cool. Got to see oh, right my mom on. and dad. Little brother helped him move out. He just completed his first year of college at Winston-Salem State University. So, oh, right on. Big ups right to on. him, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. It was... um. Solid weekend. Got a chance to spend time with them. So that was pretty, that was pretty good. Always need that. Haven't been home in a long time, as a matter of fact. So that was cool. But I do want to say one quick thing. Just want to say shout out to all the graduates from Tuskegee University. They all crossed the stage on Saturday. So that's big ups to my alma mater, always. That kind of sums up my weekend. It was pretty laid back, but I enjoyed it.
2: All the graduates out there, congratulations. I remember yeah, no when kidding. I graduated from college. In fact, on Instagram, I've been seeing a lot of Mother's Day photos and graduation photos. And I was thinking to myself, should I post my college graduation photos? (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't have any actual photos from the ceremony. I graduated from college in New Jersey. And I remember when I came home, I decided to put on my cap and gown and take some photos. I went to like a little photo studio, like one of those one-hour photo places. Those oh, are we the would only... love to see them, Tim. <laughs> Why not? Those are the only photos that I have in my cap and gown. But no, actually, I think I may have a few. But okay, that's neither here or there. So my weekend was most <laughs> excellent. Hung out with my friend, did a little shopping. She's a shopaholic. Like, I was almost like a guy who every time you walk in the store, you find a chair because you don't feel like standing and being bothered. That's yeah. kind of what <laughs> I did with her because she's a little bit out of control. It was a fun time nonetheless. Did I watch the race? Oh, my God. So I had to watch the race on the Fox Go app, and I saw more commercials than I saw laps. Let me just say that. Ugh. I don't know what it is about those apps, but it's like they show twenty commercials before they get to the first lap and then it kept freezing, then I kept trying to hit it the button so it could go live again. It kept going live. At some point I had double audio. So it was really interesting. I only really had an opportunity to watch the last sixty-four laps. I tried to watch periodically throughout the day. When the race first came on, but just, you know, I was moving. I was going from store to store, area from area. So the Wi-Fi was iffy. Ironically, I thought to myself, okay, well, I'll watch the replay of the race. When I turned on the TV to watch the replay, guess where it was at? 64 laps to go. So I've seen a total (laughs) of, what is that? 128 laps, but I've seen 64 laps twice, if you can understand the math in that. (laughs) But I got the gist of what was going on. And of course, I saw the highlights and stuff like that. But I got an opportunity to see the little spiel with Clint Boyer and Eric Jones. I got an opportunity to hear Brad Keselowski's thoughts on the race. Of course, I saw Alex Bowman, who came in second place. Yeah, man. And who else was notable? I think that was pretty much it. Because at the end of the day...
0: I got one. Who's that? one that's pretty notable from the top 10. Uh, Tyler Reddick, who was a rookie in the Cup yes. Series, technically speaking. He finished in ninth, so that was a pretty good debut for him on a uh, mile-and-a-half track. Wow. I saw
2: that. And speaking of, really quick, before we talk about anything else, let me give you a quick refresher, recap, and rundown of what happened. Top 10 at Kansas. Brad Keselowski, number one, numero uno. Alex Bowman, second for the third straight week. Eric Jones came in third. And of course, there was some controversy about that because Clint Boyer, who came in fifth, felt he should have got the lane. Eric was like, it's just racing. Yeah. The internet thought different, but we'll get to that in a minute. Chase Elliott came in fourth. Jimmy Johnson, top 10. He came in sixth. Kurt Busch came in seventh. Kyle Larson, eighth, as Kenny just said. Tyler Reddick came in ninth. And you know what? There's a notable here in the top 10. Chris Buescher came in 10th. And why I like this top 10 is because Tyler Reddick and Chris Busher came in a top 10, came in top 10, and it wasn't Talladega, and it wasn't Daytona. Yeah. So that means things are changing. And just some notables, there were only 14. Drivers on the lead lap when it was all said and done. Harvick, who led 104 laps, came in 13th. And Matt Tiff, as well as Ross Chastain, they actually led a lap. I had to go back and double check that because I was like, how was that even possible? I didn't see all the race, Kenny. I don't know if you want to chime in, but according to the statistics, Matt Tiff led one lap and Ross Chastain led one lap.
0: Yeah. Credit to Ross Chastain, for one, for winning on Friday night for the truck race, for one thing. Second to that, with both of those guys, when they led those laps, it was during the time where they were going through green flag pit stops because we got a lot more green than we kind of expected going into Saturday night's race. So that was good for both of them to you know, have a time a little bit of a time up front for sure. But yeah.
2: I want to jump to the Boyer and Jones situation. Actually, before I jump to that, We ran a poll and we simply asked our Twitter friends, we posted on our Twitter a question. And the question was, on the last podcast, we asked who would win a race first this season. With Alex Bowman's third P2 finish in a row, we want to know your opinion, hashtag NASCAR. We gave our friends on Twitter three options. Alex Bowman, William Byron, Or Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. Who would win a race first? And if you guys recall from the last podcast, we talked about that. Can you guys take a guess at how the results went? And people are (laughs) still voting because it's still live.
1: (laughs) I can't even imagine, but I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson's coming in last.
2: (laughs) Jimmy Johnson has 9% of the vote and Alex Bowman has 91% of the vote. William Byron has... Zero percent of the oh wow
0: wow man that's really that's rough on him that, that's really rough on him I mean I think a couple people might have saw him as the guy maybe he could get a win but of course Alex Bowman had the hot ride yeah as of late and he's been on fire I don't I without a doubt think if you're gonna pick another guy in the Hendrick in the Hendrick squad he's probably gonna be the next one to get a win it's probably between him and Jimmy Johnson if you're going with those, just those three alone, I think. I don't know about what you guys think.
1: Yeah, no, I'm probably about the same with you. I just <laughs> I'm baffled at
0: 0%. Nobody. <laughs> William
1: Byron, I was like, wow.
0: I know, that's that's rough.
2: Yeah, that is You guys got to understand, Alex Bowman's hot right now. Three P2 finishes in a row. Jimmy Johnson quietly is getting a little bit better. He had a top 10 this weekend at Kansas, but the fans are fickle. And I think at this point, Alex Bowman is a feel good story. So everybody wants to see him succeed. Yeah. We're not bandwagon jumpers. We've been on the Alex Bowman (laughs) bandwagon for a couple of years now. So when he wins a race, I want everybody to give us a shout out. (laughs) Yeah. Right there. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to the Boyer and Eric Jones drama. Oh my gosh. As I was out, I got a text message from Kenny and was like, your boy is leading the race. And for whatever reason, I thought you were referring to, and I don't know why I thought this because it was really, I don't want to say impossible, but for a second, I thought you were talking about Bubba Wallace. And the only reason why is because (laughs) we had talked about Bubba, which we'll get to in a bit in regards to all the drama surrounding him with his breaking down in the media center and just. I guess he's admitted that he's a little depressed. Not that we aren't all at times suffering from things. So I don't want people to look at him and think, oh my God, you know, we all go through things and clearly he's going through something right now, whatever it may be. But before we jump into that, let's jump on the drama with Boyer and Eric Jones. Boyer said it all with a smile on his face. So we can't really understand if he was serious or not.
1: But he was serious. <laughs> and I think just coming from, like, his body language is just kind of like always the, the same way. But you could kind of just hear it in his voice. He uh, he was irked. Like, he really, really was irked. Even in the in, in the post-race uh, interview that he did uh, on the track, he, uh, you could tell he was very irritated. The one thing I did laugh at, though, was, you know, on social media, especially on Twitter, people just chime in and just say the, the, the funniest things ever. And I remember who it was, but somebody tweeted that uh, Eric Jones is that guy that, that just pulls out right in front of you at, at a fast food restaurant from a dead stop, and then when you honk your horn at him, he gives you the finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of like that. I don't like people to honk the horn
2: at me. It, it offends me. I try not to take it personal, but I'm like, did you really honk the horn at me? I don't him think
1: anybody likes the horn honked at him, but I mean- nah, nobody. <laughs> You could throw the finger at somebody. You could throw your hands up. You could even do some kind of uh, gestures. But the, the moment you honk the horn, oh my god, it, it, you insulted my mother. To be honest with you, you know.
2: But, <laughs> well, Kenny, here is a question for you: Do you think who do you think is right and wrong, or is it just is just racing?
0: Honestly, with this situation, I gotta say it's just racing. But there is one little thing to it. See, if that was just any old restart. I could see why Clint Boyer probably lost his mind. Given that was at the end of the race, yeah, of course, he wanted to finish second. He had a good car all all night long. We know that. But Eric Jones said, you know what, to hell with that. I'm going to take a chance because I'm still trying to prove myself. I'm still trying to get a better position as well. I'm fighting just as hard as you. Now, if Boyer had dumped him, would he have been wrong? Not going to lie. I probably would have done it myself. I probably would have dumped him out of my way, making such a drastic move to come across the track like that. It's it's either you get hit or you don't. Like my dad said last night, he said if that was the intimidator, he probably would have been in the fence. Oh yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well,
1: I tell you who else would have uh put his ass out in, uh, in a wreck too is Kyle Bush. Uh, I think Kyle Bush would have been in. Absolutely. Guy. Even that he would have fought him.
2: Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, we can name a whole list. Kyle Bush, Kirk Bush. Kevin Harvick <laughs> Yeah.
1: Who else? Oh, you a... know
2: who would have dumped him though, but with a smile on his face, Joy Logano.
1: Joy Logano. <laughs> he would have yeah. moved them and then
2: would have had a smile on his face, like, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think it's just in Clint Boyer's nature. I just think it's it's his personality that he literally thought about the safety of this guy. I really think that he did for a moment. And he's like, Well, I don't want to wreck him. I just don't want to do that. That's just Boyer being Boyer. It's just his personality. And that's really nice and all, but when it comes down to it, if you really wanted to finish second, you just just, just wrecked the guy. <laughs> I totally understand.
2: I want to read one additional comment. So to your point, Renee, about the comments you read, someone saying that he was in oh, the, yeah. the fast food restaurant <laughs> yeah. drive through and blowing the horn, I also saw a comment on the NASCAR Reddit board where somebody said at some point, Someone like Boyer is going to have to intentionally wreck someone to call out this BS. It's the yeah. last option they have with the aero slash horsepower package. I don't know if it necessarily has something to do with the package, but at the end of the day, either move out the way or hit the gas and keep it moving. There you go. Simple as that. I don't know. It's not really, not really
1: difficult. It is as simple as that. It really is.
2: Okay, our next situation is, at this point, Bubba Wallace. And I want to call it a situation because I don't know if I should call it a situation. I'll just say that there's a little, I don't want to call it drama either, but I don't know. What would you call it, Kenny, Renee? Help me out. What, I don't know. How do we, Is I don't it much think, to do about nothing?
0: I, I wouldn't say necessarily like it's nothing. To say, I just think it's been done publicly, right? We've seen him go through this publicly. He clearly broke down the media center per Jeff Gluck and what he said on Twitter on Friday afternoon. I just think maybe he really is going through something that's a lot deeper than most people think it is. A lot of people have just said it may be because of the recent breakup with him and his girlfriend, Amanda. Or could it be a combination of that plus what's going on with the team? All that pressure he may have on him, or may think he has more than he actually has on him. I don't know. It could, it could be a lot, you know. And, and I understand it's mental health is a serious, serious thing. I will say so. It could be a ton of things. I don't know what you guys are thinking.
1: I think it is a combination of all of that. You put all of that together, and you just drop it right on your your plate, all all in one. I mean, it's it's enough to really kind of like make your life kind of spin out a little bit. And I know a lot of times in the public eye, people always want. Our athletes to be like superhuman and superheroes. But uh, in reality, damn Kenny, w- we really are just all human. And sometimes some of us just kind of uh, are hard to deal with certain situations uh, harder than others. And, and, and this is just a case, I think, of Bubba just trying to figure out and, and how to deal with all these situations going on at one time. I mean, it's overwhelming if you think about it.
2: We don't know because we're not in his shoes. But Kenny and I we had a conversation about this when it kind of first unfolded when Bob Pockers as well as Jeff Gluck tweeted what was going on. Then I obviously there's an article in USA Today about it. And we are not walking in his shoes. So we have no idea what's going on. I know personally the pressure of even dealing with all the racist assholes out there is enough for anybody to break down. I'm a fighter, so I think the good Lord knew what he was doing when he didn't put me in the public eye because <laughs> I would definitely be on some Jack Nicholson smashing the camera in your face type of stuff because I don't tolerate it. But at the same I token, I know sometimes you got to let things go. I'm mature enough and I'm older enough to know that It's their problem. But Kenny and I have off air talked about some of the tweets that we've seen that are like, whoa, I feel sad for people. So I can say that, yes, I am the person that probably would smash a camera back in your face. No, I'm just playing. I'm not that extreme. But at the same token, as I've gotten older, I've understood a lot about life and sometimes sometimes people can't help themselves and it's their problem and not yours but it is a lot of pressure and i i never thought we would talk about the kardashians on this nascar podcast but i want to bring them up for instance do you guys understand the amount of hate that those girls get every day some of it is mainly because people are mad at their own lives that they don't have money like that and so they take all their frustration and their failures and post things about those girls. Now, somebody may agree. You may not like them, but that's just the way life is. You're not going to always like or dislike somebody. But that doesn't give you a license to talk mess. There's that old thing about do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Sadly, people don't realize that. So with Bubba, it's like, okay, you're dealing with the breakup. His mom and dad, there were some things going on with them last year. Then you're dealing with, you're in a game, but you don't have the right equipment. Like, let's just keep it 100. You, you're you on a team that doesn't necessarily, you're not in a position to win. That's frustrating. Yeah. To give your all to something every day, 24 hours a day and not be in a position to win. That's just not fair, but that's just life. Life is not fair. And then now you're dealing with all these racist assholes out there that feel that they can call you anything just because of the color of your skin. We can go on, but I don't want to because it's a Debbie Downer. Shoot, I got a little like, ugh, just talking about it. So (laughs) we're going to move on.
0: same here. Yeah, Yeah. we're going
2: to move on and bring this podcast back up to something positive. (laughs) I don't even think there's much else to talk about. Oh, well, well, I don't know the package because Brad Keselowski, he seemed to enjoy the package and said that, yeah, it's a great package we're running here in Kansas, but I think that's because he won. Well, his own words, he said he may be a little biased.
0: That was an interesting comment by Keselowski for one. Here's my thing about his comment that I kind of took from it. And kind of gave my kind of gonna give you guys like my perspective on what I think it's you
2: are a package specialist, so go ahead. Please.
1: (laughs) By all means, Kenny,
0: the floor is yours. (laughs) I like what he said here at Kansas in that quote. I think Kansas was the perfect place for this because we had cool temps at night. Wasn't like freezing cold, but it was cool enough, springtime cold. The pavement at Kansas hasn't been repaved since it came out in 2001. So that pavement has widened out. Everyone has a different lane they can run. And I think you got a recipe for what's perfect. And that's, again, why we also had the race pretty good at Texas. Texas was fun. And personally, I'm not a fan of Texas. Same with Kansas. I'm not that big of a fan of Kansas like every other track. We finally got the right balance, so to speak, at a place like that, time and place and all that. I would like to see if that will continue again, given that we have the Coke 600 coming up in about two weeks where it's going to have somewhat similar tendencies in terms of the night, the day to night transition. So I hope that continues. But my only thing about the packages, and I've said this a long, long time ago when they announced it, is just that I'm personally not satisfied with having 550 horsepower and having so much downforce on these cars. That these drivers aren't really on edge. And the fact these cars are planted to the ground. We're at the top level. We're at the Cup Series. Those cars are hard to drive. Don't get me wrong. But they need to be the hardest that anyone in this planet could touch those things. These are the best drivers in the world. There is a reason why on that last restart last night, nobody wrecked, even though they were all bunched up. It had happened all night long. They got bunched up and you would expect at least maybe one or two wrecks. Not saying that I'm looking for that, but what I'm saying is if you have guys that are at 750 horsepower and above and the car is actually off the ground, they have to drive it, you probably would have saw a whole lot more carnage and you probably would have saw who really could have got themselves to the front if given that opportunity. So I think that we got a good spot. It was a good race, don't get me wrong, but I don't want NASCAR to take this And say, this is what we need to work with. Got to pump the brakes. I know O'Donnell was happy about what he saw. But we have to continue to realize we're at the top level. Make the cars harder to drive. The drivers have said it. The fans have said it. You can't fool anybody.
2: I want to chime in and say something to that, Kenny. Two things, or two observations. You mentioned about the wrecks. Ironically when Jeff Gordon was in the booth calling the race, he was like, he expected to see some wrecks on the restart. We didn't get any. My other part of that is, and it would be interesting to know, where we at in terms of wrecks this year versus last year?
0: I know for a fact a lot less, but again, just like what even Gordon said, the cars are so stable, it's hard to wreck that. I mean, it's literally... On the ground, like those cars don't have any clearance at all; they're just planted to the ground. That's why you've seen sparks when the splitter hits the ground when they hit turn one where they're all at full throttle. It's just so planted, so even the world's best driver can mess up in a in a car with a lot of horsepower. but a car with less horsepower and all the grip in the world, it's pretty hard to mess that one up. You really gotta screw that one up honestly.
2: I'm hearing from you that. It's too easy. And that fans agree that it's too easy.
0: I don't want to say that it's too easy because cup cars naturally are hard to drive. That's what Kevin Harvick even mentioned himself when he talked about the package to media one day, I think after Dover. It's not that they aren't hard to drive. A cup car is always going to be harder to drive than an Xfinity or a truck. It's just that it should be way harder than what it is if we're deeming this is the premier level of stock car racing. A late model at a local track should not be harder to drive than a cup car. That's kind of where I'm at. And like a lot of fans are, a lot of fans have been on the fence about it. And, you know, we have had people, you know, completely shun it. I kind of hate how that happens a lot with race fans, because if they say something to, let's just say some, anybody who is a personality in NASCAR, Oh, you don't like it. You should just go away. No, that doesn't mean people don't like it. People can see the obvious fans are a lot smarter for the most part, than they than they have been in the years past. We have too much. We have a lot of access to technology. We have a lot of access to knowing what goes on, what happens with the cars. We even have the drivers available on Twitter. that give us feedback on what they're feeling, and they're even not afraid to say stuff like a Kyle Busch or a Kevin Harvick. Yeah. So yeah. we know what's going on. So if you're a race fan who is just as deep and deeply invested as anybody else, you're gonna want the best out of Cup. You don't want to see watered-down Xfinity. That's not what you want to see on Sunday. We want to see the best of the best. And it's not to say the race wasn't good on Saturday. I enjoyed it. I can't ignore that completely. I'm not to the point where some people who just flat-out hate the package. I think they got it right there. It worked because of temperature, just the weather as a whole, the track itself, and literally it just fit that time.
1: Yeah. I don't think I it's the end-all,
0: be-all. Is literally like, hey, let's listen to these drivers. You can't ignore the fact just because Kyle Busch said he hates this package because he didn't win a race. He's been very vocal about that for a long time. Perhaps listening to the guys who are in the car makes more sense than someone who is not ever driving a car. I think that might be a little important. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: We know that NASCAR has proved to be more reactive in the sense that fans say one thing, not to say that they're completely listening, but it's like, okay, next week we got a new rule and a new change. Again, I've said this all the time, been saying this, what, this our fourth season of the podcast. Yep. NASCAR is the only sport that wakes up on a Monday. I was like, yeah, let's change the rules. <laughs> yep, yep,
1: yep. That, that's exactly correct.
2: <laughs> Sticking and staying on the Brad Keselowski train, there was an interesting comment that came across again on the NASCAR Reddit board. I don't go there every single day, but about once a week, I kind of peep in and see what people are talking about. Again, this is a podcast for fans by fans, and there are a lot of fans on the NASCAR Reddit board, and they are not shy in giving you their thoughts and their opinions. I kind of chime in and see what people are talking about from time to time, and this particular comment. I'm going to read it to you, but I want us to talk about it because it's very interesting. User Dr. Feelgood, he posted and said, I say it every week, but I'll take it further this week. Brad could run the show one day, kills a big win and shouts out Mike Mittler and talks up Bowman before digging into his car and his win. He is the exact person this sport needs. I actively root for him alongside Chase and I am a diehard Chevy guy. Now, there were a couple of res- responses to that and I do want to read just two. So user Rybo13 chimed in and said, he is my choice if I ever got to vote for the CEO spot. He knows what drivers want, but he doesn't bash the ruse, changes openly. He makes it work. He can will, and in parentheses, he writes, and isn't afraid to rattle anyone else's cage. Take Blaney and Logano getting beat up at Dega, for instance. And then he goes on to say, and would definitely bring more knowledge of the cars and needs of drivers than any France could since Bill Senior. Plus, he is just such a nice guy. Plus, he is just such a nice dude. I love to hang out with him. Can't say I'd care to be around any other big wigs in the sport. That's a very interesting comment. And one last comment to that. Somebody says, as much as I can root against Brad on the track, I love his passion for the sport. He seems like a loving dad too, which to me is always great to see. I want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Can you see Brad as the CEO? Well, first of all, we know it would never happen because the France family is not giving up the control. Now, (laughs) if this sale goes through that, nobody ever wants to seem to acknowledge is going on behind the scenes, maybe, possibly. And Kenny, you don't comment on this, but maybe somehow, some way. But would you like to see Brad as in charge? Bad Brad in charge. He's no longer Bad Brad, but
1: yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think in, in, in all intentional purposes, if it was, if, if it ever came to a situation where you know Brad had the opportunity to take over like that, I personally could see him. I mean, I think he loves the sport. I think he's very knowledgeable about the sport. I think he's very knowledgeable about what uh, the future of NASCAR is. Uh, he's been vocal about it uh, for years now. And I think you're right. I think he he is a good father. He's a good um, he's a good man. He's a good husband. It seems like he's a very very good family man. Now, being a good family man may not translate into being a very good CEO of uh, NASCAR either. So um, I think you uh, kind of have to like take a step back and and look at the situation for what it is. But but as far as taking over NASCAR and being a CEO, I could kind of see him uh, in that situation.
0: I could definitely see him. Like as a competition director, for sure. I don't know if a CEO necessarily would be a end-all, be-all position for Brad. I think his ambition towards the sport and his care for it, same with his father, Brian Keselowski. They both really do care about it. They've been around for so, so long. So they understand the game. They understand the business side of it as well. So it would be interesting in the long run to see if he could ever do something like that. I'm not sure if he would want to, though. That's just the thing. Yeah. You know, so everyone has their own own thing they want to do. Some people don't want to even step in those roles, even though some fans might see it as, oh, yeah, I can see that. But their mind could be totally different.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I, I don't ever see Brad leaving the sport. That's for sure. Who knows where he will land? But we know, like Kevin Harvick, it seems that he's priming himself to go to the booth. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's life yeah, after that. NASCAR for him. Take somebody like Chase Elliott. I don't really ever foresee Chase. In fact, I think, like, when Chase is all, when it's all said and done, Chase will probably go on to be a pilot or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so. no, seriously. He, he could. Yeah.
2: Not that we know these guys personally, but you can kind of get a sense of who's going to stay around, who's going to do what in the sport. Tony Stewart got out. I mean, he's still a owner, so he didn't get out, but he's doing his thing in the next series. Aside from being an owner in NASCAR.
0: He's not even a, in front of the camera type of guy. You know, he kind of stays behind in the, in the back. Yeah.
2: yeah. And who else? Like, everybody just has their own thing. Like, who would have thought? No Greg Biffle. No Uncle Carson Carl Edwards. Like, those guys, they're not even around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's interesting it to so see crazy. how
2: people maneuver life after driving yeah and with brad though i think he's gonna be around for a long time i don't really foresee his life after being in the driver's seat concluding with him not being in nascar i'm not even
1: sure if i can see brad in the booth either uh but i don't know i can see Uh, brad
2: in the booth i think he would take a different type of role because yeah jimmy johnson let's just throw that out there where do you guys see him after racing
1: man I think he'll ride off into the sunset, just kind of like just be, enjoy his family, enjoy his. <laughs> I think Jimmy loves obviously loves the sport, but I don't think he he loves it enough to like. I I have to be around it. Maybe some kind of back situation, maybe. But I I totally see Jimmy just riding off into the sunset with his seven titles and maybe even one more if he can squeeze it in. But it doesn't look like it.
0: Yeah, I think um Jimmy Johnson is solid. I think he'd be a solid guy in the booth. Um, When he did try his hand at that for Fox, I thought that was pretty cool. It sounded pretty good. I think that was the Richmond Xfinity race a few weeks ago, or almost a month ago now. I think he could do that. I'm not sure if he wants to do anything else in terms of working with Hendricks still after he's done. If there's anything he would do, probably be a fitness coach for them. I don't know. Something of that nature. Yeah, since I can see he's that. Such, I mean, so he's so into that, you know, so yeah. I guess that would make sense because I even think about a guy like Mark Martin, who is still like a driver coach. There could be roles for everybody. You know, everyone has a th- they different niche, so to speak. After they're done with racing.
2: Okay, last one before we move on to some predictions. Ryan Newman. Ooh.
0: Oh, once he's done, he's done. Uh, I don't, I can't I can't figure out what he would do. I mean, he's got an engineering degree, so I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I can
1: see Ryan Newman um uh, opening up an MMA gym and. Uh you know teaching guys how to wrestle (laughs) why and here's the thing
2: everybody always Uh, says that ryan we have yet to confirm when is the last time this guy actually threw a punch it's just like the stigma that people have about ryan newman that he's a boxer but ryan newman's
1: the kind of guy you don't want to see throw a punch
2: ryan has girls he has a he's probably such the sweetest guy ever he has daughters okay Before we move on to some prediction, this is your weekly reminder. We can't do this without you. How you help us is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a comment, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, you can also download us and leave us a comment. Whatever you do, just make sure every week you make some time to listen to myself, Renee and Kenny, so on that note, we are headed to Charlotte Charlotte Motor Speedway for the all star race. There's no top ten to give you because there it doesn't matter, and when I say no top ten, I'm talking about the past ten winners at Charlotte for the all star race. When we come back for the next podcast, we'll give you the past ten winners for the Coke Six Hundred, the most grueling race on the schedule. But for this week we're specifically going to talk about the All-Star race. Kenny, can you tell us because you know you you know all this stuff. I mean, I know a little bit, but I know you probably know off the top of your head. Who is not officially in and who needs to be voted in or race their way in? Like I do know Alex Bowman is not in because he hasn't won a race this season or last season. And I'm trying to think like off the top of my head. And again, we're not going to give you all everyone, like the Matt Tiffs and all those guys, the Bittadetto. We're not going to list everybody because obviously there's the Matt, the Bittadettos. There are the Tyler Reddicks, the Chris Bushers, a lot of those guys that have not won a race. But just in terms of notable guys that we may hear their name every week who are consistently top 10. Each week, who, aside from Alex Bowman, is not guaranteed in the all-star race?
0: Um, so going to that list, like, in terms of people who you could possibly vote in, we're talking Chris Busher, the William Byron, Landon Castle, Ty Dillon, who's won two stage, has got two stage wins this year so far. Kyle Larson is a notable one on this list.
2: Well, wait, Kyle Larson won a race last year.
0: No, he went winless last year.
2: Kyle Larson didn't win a race last year?
0: No, he went winless for the first time and. In a year, because he won like four. That's, Dang, time is flying. Yeah, was
2: mind-blowing. I remember when he, he was I just was, winning. Was for that was year before two, last? Man, at least one.
0: Yeah, it feels like it's been longer than that, but the last time he won was a year ago. His last win came at Richmond. That was his last win.
2: Last year or year before last?
0: Uh, the year before last, because he didn't win anything last year. I think you're right, Kenny. I think you're absolutely right.
2: Wow. So who else on the list? Sorry, that just took me by surprise.
0: <laughs> no worries. Um, you've got Paul Menard in there, Ryan Priest, who is a pretty big fan favorite in terms of the local short track guys. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Daniel Suarez, Bubba Wallace, David reagan and a few others who are in the mix. But I don't really foresee any of those guys getting in in terms of voting. But uh, Ross Chastain actually is in the top ten in terms of voting. Once again, he was the Digital Ally 250 Truck Series winner on Saturday. So. That would be an interesting name to see make the all-star race, I would say.
2: On that note, who do you guys got? Let's talk some predictions. It's time for Tammy Renee's race predictions. Kenny, who you got?
0: All-star race. So we've got the package again, and it's a little bit different than last year. So I think for me, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. He's been pretty hot as of, as of late, and why not try and go for a million dollars? I can't blame him at all for it. And for my alternative pick, I think I will go with just somebody random. I'll go with Eric Jones. This is this is go for something different. It's the All Star race. Hell, it's a million dollars on the line. Who's gonna take that home? What y'all think?
1: I'm gonna tell you right off the bat. No BS and around. I don't know why, <laughs> but I got Joey Logano as my <laughs> as my winner. Um. You know, uh, I'm going to stick with Team Penske here. And uh, I see Joey Logano go to victory lane. And have my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with Chase Elliott because he's kind of been a little hot. So Chase Elliott is my alternative pick, and Joey Logano is my winner. Uh, and, uh, and, if, and if anybody's going to do anything for a million dollars, it's going to be Joey Logano.
2: No history lesson this week, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. The only notable I can say is that your boy, Mr. 7-time Jimmy Johnson, has the most All Star wins with four, and is this the week that Harvick's as f car a f car is making his debut?
0: Yes, indeed. Okay, yes, indeed. It so is. that's
2: going to be notable because it's his millennial Bush beer a f, and you guys know that's as if as the young folks would say they actually use a four letter <laughs> word that I don't want to use on the podcast, but yeah. So that Bush beer car is making his debut. That actually may be a game changer because it's like some pink color and it's going to be talked about. Maybe Kevin Harvick will be feeling himself and drive it into victory lane. I think that kind of changes my thought because I was going to pick, I was thinking like if Alex Bowman can get in the all-star race, maybe he'll win. But now I feel like I want to go with Harvick just because I'm feeling as if But, yeah, I'm thinking Jimmy Johnson because Jimmy just, I I think he needs this. Not the million dollars. Now, I need a million dollars now, but (laughs) I think Jimmy needs a win. So I am going to pick Jimmy Johnson as my winner. And my alternative, I'm going to go with Harvick. But if Alex Bowman gets in the race, Alex is my winner. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, right. Those are my picks. Those are Renee's picks and Kenny's picks as well.
1: Yes, sir. And once again, as well, I'm Tam not a sir, said, Renee, I'm a ma'am. Oh, yes. That's right, <laughs> ma'am. Sorry about that. Uh, I get around the guys, and Tam's just like one of the guys sometimes. So
2: <laughs> that's even worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well listen Kenny thank you always uh, for joining us we appreciate it and uh, we always enjoy your insight and uh, all your stats and And uh, we're, we're glad that you're on our podcast a lot of times because there's a lot of times that we don't know something but we both know that you know a lot of things
2: Renee there. I want to cut you off in the middle of your yeah. sentence Okay. every week you stroke Kenny's ego this <laughs> is just as much his podcast <laughs> as it is our podcast Yeah. with that being said thank you Kenny
1: Yeah, man. We love having you. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, (laughs) love having you on the podcast. Hey, guys, please go and uh, subscribe to our podcast. We really appreciate it. This podcast cannot happen without you guys. We certainly appreciate you guys subscribing to us and listening to us each and every week. For Tam, Front Row Kenny, myself, we will see you again next week on another episode of All Turns, No Breaks right here.
0: We out. Shout out them Tuskegee grads. Yes, sir.
2: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.